Hey everybody, welcome to the, uh, what is this, the third episode? No, the fourth, the fourth episode, fourth episode. of Trek Trudge, our Star Trek The Next Generation recap podcast. This is Byron Hussey. I'm joined by Jan van den Hemmel. Good evening. All the way from behind the Iron Curtain in Belgium. <laughs> That's right. And, and uh, Bibars El Taib. Hey there, how are you? All the way from behind the um, the New Jersey Turnpike curtain. <laughs> yeah. Hey. It's equal. It's equally uh, Soviet, and it's a. Uh... Yeah. Lots of like very, like large concrete structures and sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just borscht and sadness. Yeah. And I actually saw somebody drive one of those um, Eastern Berlin cars the other day, like a Soviet car. What was it? A, uh, a, a Yugo? Like the type that no, chased like, Rocky? Like a, it's probably called like a Skolda or something strange like that. But they, like, it was still working. But it had like the three, the three wheels? No, 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 not one of those. Mm. It was like one of those uh, iron tanks from like Batman, the yeah, animated series. It, it was very, uh, it looked very sturdy. So. Yeah. I miss the Soviet Union. They were, they made cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, today we're covering the fourth episode of Star Trek The Next Generation called The Last Outpost. Just the first appearance of the Ferengi. Yes. Yes. Uh, let's see here. What does it, it uh, was, um, I had the information here about when it was released. Um, October 19th, 1987 was the date that it first aired. All right. And you, I guess I'll go into my uh, my quick little summary here. Yeah, if I recall correctly, Bibars, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Ferengi were intended to be sort of the one of the primary antagonists in Yeesh. Star Trek: The Next Generation. But then after this episode, they sort of decided yeah, people they were too found silly. them to be comically uh, terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, so nobody could really. I mean. Slap some wrinkles on a guy's forehead that doesn't make you a Klingon. Right. So it doesn't help that they recruited the local uh, mime acting school to play the <laughs> villains. Yeah, I know. Mime is not that popular. I thought this was uh, actually a, a pretty good episode, except for the uh, the acting of the Ferengi. But um, yes. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get into that. Absolutely. Uh, so, yes. yeah, this is the first time that the. Well, it's they, they they kind of were vague about their uh, interactions with the Ferengi. They suggested that it was pretty much the first time they've actually the Federation has actually contacted the Ferengi, even though they already seem to have a wealth of information about them. I guess from some of the other alien races that exist in the their quadrant, right? Mm-hmm. Also, oh. rumors and legends and stuff, right? It does seem uh, it seems odd that they that they're so cloaked in mystery for being such an advanced um, civilization. I mean, it, especially a civilization of traders. Like these yeah. are the people that are right. specifically going out to you know make deals with the existing uh, races that are out there. So yeah, it's not like they're like reclusive or anything. There's no reason for them to be secretive at all. Traders are. Uh, are like the opposite. They're like really extroverted. 
Well, I guess, are we considering the enterprise here as being like still in like its early stages of kind of earth human extension? You know, like, I mean, they are boldly going where no man has gone before. Maybe this is just the, the telling of the first time, you know what I mean? Like this is, they're still getting into it. You know, they're still new. They're still new to this whole space thing. I guess it's, I mm. mean, it seems, it seems pretty inconsistent in general, how they sort of talk about um, the Federation as interchangeable with being human, even though it's supposed to be sort of a, an alliance of, of different uh, different species. Right. Anyway, where did uh, Kirk and Spock and all those people go? I mean, didn't they encounter the Ferengi before? Well, I guess the, Alpha not. the Alpha Quadrant, I guess, is pretty big, uh, spanning mm-hmm. you know a quarter of the entire galaxy, so I guess maybe they just... Uh, you know, they hadn't gotten around to it yet. They're they're new. They're new aliens, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> they're new. They're new to this episode, which means that they don't have a history right up until this episode, and then they kind of retroactively have a history. And that kind of happens with just about every uh, alien race that we see throughout the entire, like, like you know, like Deep Space Nine introduced a whole bunch of new types of uh, aliens, and you know. Uh, Voyager, when going into the, I guess, the Delta Quadrant, kind of uh, met a whole bunch yeah. of, a whole slew of new aliens. Even like, mm. even like new aliens to the Borg. Like, right. Yeah. But I mean, that makes sense. I was, just, uh, I was just watching Voyager just before this. Nice. By the way. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. <laughs> There's a real pattern to it. It always starts, in the first season, it starts with uh, Neelix cooking something <laughs> disgusting. And then there's some problem that they need to solve. Have you considered doing any, um, like, Neelix cooking edits? Yeah, that's uh, that's why I was watching it. I wasn't <laughs> watching it for fun. I mean, You're doing it. Are you doing a Neelix cooking edit? Like he's cooking I'm not a masochist. Yeah, yeah. He's. Uh, I'm not going to. I'm not going to tell you what you he's don't cooking. Have to give me maybe any you can guess, but you don't have to say. Okay. Let's just say he's cooking some alien life form. <laughs> I can so, only imagine. All right, well, I think we're all looking forward to that. For sure. By the way, uh, cool ALF ship. But oh, yeah. I won't say any more about that. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's a completely different topic, but yeah. <laughs> it's pretty, it's vaguely related. It's, yeah. It's part uh, of it's the also bi- space. Biropod ethos, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. Sort of. Um. So, uh, Bibars, do you mind if I just do a really quick recap of the episode? I, I'm just going to, I don't think we need to, it's really not that much happens in it. So I think we need to do a quick, like, sure. Um, Absolutely. basically the enterprise, uh, is tracking the Ferengi who stole some kind of device from a Federation outpost. Um, they, they chase them and, and, and sort of, uh, catch up to them orbiting this, uh, this planet. And, um, they all slow down and the, Enterprise gets stuck in a kind of a force field, and all their power gets reduced, and they assume it is the Ferengi um, that are, are, are attacking them with advanced technology um, until they finally make contact with the Ferengi and realize that they're both surrendering to each other, and that it's actually Counselor Troy suggests that it might be something coming from the planet, which it turns out to be. They, they send a joint away team of Ferengi and uh, Starfleet, officers to the planet to to, to investigate and second officers uh yeah second only second officers disposable <laughs> second officers 
and um, it turns out to be that the planet was the far, furthest outpost of a of a, a dead civilization called the Takan. Am I getting that right? The, the Takan, and yeah. they, they'd all fallen into some kind of security trap, where mm-hmm. the I'm not actually sure what the point of the security trap was. Um, I think you would have destroyed them. Right. It seemed to be like indiscriminate destruction of all things that happen to fly close to this planet, which I don't, <laughs> it doesn't seem all that enlightened to me. Well, um, they, they said that he said that, um, the only reason they, the, this guardian of this planet, the only reason they, he stopped from just completely just wiping them out is cause he actually saw them in a way working together right. to try to come up with it's like so he like saw some level of right but how did they how do they have been in the situation where they're being judged by this guy to begin with just because they happen to stop outside this planet suddenly they're like you know like okay i, I guess that makes sense um so then this guy what is it portal portal 63 yeah uh kind of manifests and um they realize he's just the sort of the sleeping guardian of this dead civilization and he really ends up really digging the uh, Federation guys and really loathing the Ferengi who turn out to be sort of like ridiculous, cartoony, um, <laughs> kind of offensive um, m- monkey creatures um, that have whips. Which yeah. were, I, thought the, I thought the whips were pretty cool, actually. <laughs> Lightsaber whips. Yeah, that was a cool, uh, that was an innovative design. I mean, you don't see that very often. Yeah. Uh, have any of you ever played um, Saints Row at no. all? No. There's a there's a weapon in uh, Saints Row called the dildo bat. <laughs> it's this just large purple dildo that they use to like beat other characters with. And <laughs> the whips right. pretty much look exactly like that. I think I think yeah. it was almost a. Where they got the idea from to begin with? Because you you think that the 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 Ferengi just wield these giant phallic giant, phallic whips. dildo <laughs> energy whips. It's funny because the whips um, they seem to be set to stun. Yes. Yeah. Which is pretty. You know, I guess that's pretty restrained of the the Ferengi. <laughs> uh, yeah. But it's, so, yeah. typically whips typically whips aren't only like three feet in length. And <laughs> thick and purple. Yeah. <laughs> and veiny. Yeah. The veins is what I mean, that's where the, the energy the, blast comes yeah. from. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. But yeah, those whips were uh this is the only episode they appear in. They they actually didn't appear again until um an episode of Enterprise much later, I read. Yeah. Uh but I that was a, I think they should have uh so th- here's the thing. Now, okay, so I think we got we, we got the um, the synopsis done, and I think we all know what the the conventional wisdom on this episode is, uh, which is that the Ferengi were kind of a joke. Um, so since that that's been pretty well probably hammered home by now, why, why don't we kind of try to maybe talk about what's good about them? You know, I mean, because like they're not, mm-hmm. it's not a bad idea. I think right. it was just poorly executed. Yeah. Right. I think it's a it's an interesting weapon. It's an interesting idea that these guys were basically this uh um kind of taken to an extreme version of 
capitalism where, you know, ostensibly capitalism has been sort of abolished in the Federation. Um, so it's, it's, it, and, and with, even within this episode, they provide this interesting sort of almost kind of, um, cold war feeling Mm -hmm. counterpoint to the prime directive where the prime directive teaches about, you know, non-interference and, and and the Ferengi kind of characterizes as, as as barbaric, and there are, there are mm. probably arguments. That's that's an interesting argument that we don't hear very much. But just the fact that they were kind of jumping around and acting like lunatics, uh, sort of all that got lost. Right. Yeah. In fact, somebody time. somebody um, in in training them to uh, to prepare for this role actually asked them to jump around like gerbils. Right. It's just a, a terrible, a terrible recommendation. It's, well, I don't, I don't know if this person ever has ever seen a, a gerbil before, but they, I don't think they jump. <laughs> I don't think they have whips either. But, uh, I don't know. Well, maybe, maybe the kind of ri- gerbils that uh, Richard Gere is hanging out with, you know. <laughs> Allegedly. Uh, so yeah, uh, in all honesty, yeah, I think, I think a lot of. So far, a lot of the episodes that we've seen have kind of had the same somewhat formula of these races that we're encountering are races that are somewhat reflective of prior societies and, you know, like prior, uh, you know, belief, not beliefs, uh, prior I, things I, that we Ideological found systems, value systems, right? Like I mean, in the primitive. last episode, we saw a lot of, uh, you know, uh, macho attitudes, you know, uh, and I think a lot of you get that, of course, with the Ferengi. Yeah. With them being shocked that once again Tasha Yar is clothed. Yeah. And employed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, give your women jobs. <laughs> and you leave. Yeah, them it's money. the same. It's the exact same reaction as the previous episode. Yeah. Right? And again, Worf gets his ass handed to him. Yeah, and and, uh, and and of course, Worf's reaction is always to to um, you know bl- blow them up. Is the like well, I think it, it would. I think he said something like a like uh, it's, it's, it, there's no shame in 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 dying against a superior foe, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's okay. It's okay just to blow up the whole ship, just just like you know, with all the kids on it and stuff too, just because it's like out of honor or something. But, oh, yeah, they deliberately show some uh, children this episode as well, right? Playing in yeah. the meeting room. They're just like completely all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's, like, yeah. It's crawling. The guard is like it's... tripping over kids and their toys and stuff like that. Yeah, it, it was it was weird and sort of random, but also it was interesting that uh, Wesley wasn't in this episode. Yes. But we got this sort of offhanded discussion of how <laughs> he should be allowed to sort of die bravely. <laughs> it was really it was kind of like upsetting, like. Oh, he's gonna he's gonna freeze to death, yeah. should, but he should. She wants to give it. him some Valium or something. Yeah, yeah. Picard's like nonsense. It'll make him like a man. Yeah. <laughs> so this so basically it's it ends up being the same problem though as as with all these other um, sort of cartoony car- caricature species where it's like we we have this con- this contradictory set of things where on the one hand they're highly advanced in one way but they didn't advance in, in some of the ways that we had to apparently advance in order to achieve our mm-hmm. technology and and 
and I, I think it's sort of internally inconsistent within the narrative. That, well, I think it's just it's it's just constantly humanity fighting against its prior self or or its its worst self. Right. You know, everything that is wrong, everything that we find wrong in our own society, we're kind of saying, well, now let's take that and blow it up to an entire system of people yeah. that focus on that, you know, and then, and then let's, let's, let's see how we can interact with that and conflict with that, you know, within ourselves, you know, because, yeah. because capitalism is still a thing that exists, you know, right. uh, sexism is still a thing that exists. So let's try to tackle these larger issues by slapping those issues onto some alien race and saying, no, 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 it's not, it's not us that are like, right. it's yeah. them. Yeah, and, and which is fine. I think that that's fine in principle. I mean, a lot of science fiction is just based on that, just having a safe kind of metaphor for some current day uh, issue. But uh, they do keep repeating themselves a bit too much. Yeah, and also <laughs> to have it to have it be where they're they're doing this in this way that's sort of trying to be enlightened and intelligent, but then also using yeah. these sort of uh, like minstrel show caricatures of <laughs> another species where it's sort of like you're not, you're you're sort of giving them credit to only to a point but then they're also very strange and like stupid like yeah, couldn't, they, couldn't... they should have used the, the benny hill theme in this episode <laughs> for the they could have it was it, i great. mean it was yeah. it was ridiculous but it was like mm -hmm. wh why was it like that it's like it, it's like, the writing all the writing suggests that that they didn't really have it in mind that they would be these like gibbering no. idiots but may, so maybe just no. something fell apart in the interpretation on the set mm. yeah. Um, yeah. the writing is actually quite nice I like the references to uh, Art of War and those kind of things it's interesting yeah <laughs> but I thought actually the Art of War reference um, heavy handed was, I didn't think it was heavy handed I thought it was like sort of a big it's kind of like a fuck you to Worf <laughs> it's like hey, look idiot you don't always have to fight you know pick your battles stupid because mm -hmm. it was like mm -hmm. right after Worf said, I think, I think we should blow them up. <laughs> and then like mm -hmm. Picard offhandedly cites the art of war. Or was it uh, Riker? Um, yeah, it's Picard. Uh, sort of like with it. Shot. And then Riker gets into it. And apparently between two scenes has, re has read all of it. Because <laughs> he's, um, he's liberally quoting from it in, uh, in the next scene. Yeah. Well, so, that, that happens a lot. Like, if you're reading something, like, mm -hmm. you bring it up a lot, like, just because it's fresh in your mind. It's, like, it's on his coffee table right. in his quarters. He's <laughs> been really devouring the art of war lately. Uh. Yeah, and it really impresses that alien, uh, that guy, uh, the <laughs> guard. Yeah, and, and Riker kind of takes credit for it. Like, yeah, the human thing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Well, you get to be the you get to be the face of all humanity, so you get to take credit for anything that humanity in itself is, yeah. has accomplished, <laughs> which is a pretty sweet gig, I guess, as yeah. long as you're not looking at some of our darker moments. <laughs> I like, so when when they finally made like visual contact with the Ferengi, did you, did any of you guys note that the Ferengi's like uh, ship is like bathed in a white light, like? Like a Kanye West video? No. Oh, that, <laughs> oh, you mean like the uh, on the screen? Yeah. Like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, they said that um, they were using some kind of distortion, right? That's right. That's, yes. But they never yeah, explained why. Data says that. Okay, so the distortion was making. It's not that they just like hang out in this like white etheric 
room filled with light because <laughs> I could be like that would be pretty awesome. <laughs> I feel like here's here's my my theory. They didn't have time to build a set for the Ferengi bridge. <laughs> they sort of whited out the background and then sort of written something in, wrote something in where it was like, don't, careful, they're using a, a visual distorter. Uh, yeah. Don't ask. I would have preferred it to that, like the Ferengi were just extremely stylish. <laughs> like everything yeah. is, like, he wasn't even is, like, like fine lines and. He wasn't even like sticking his head into the, the frame, sort of like Puff Daddy and like. A, <laughs> yeah. Like, like in like a all about the Benjamins video or something. It's all it's all up close, you know. Like it's right in his face. <laughs> Meanwhile, like he sees like everybody on the ship, <laughs> like 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 the uh, like the um, like the Star Trek Enterprise just has like the Enterprise just has like this Logitech camera hovering <laughs> 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 above it. It's like filming the entire <laughs> the the entire ship. Meanwhile, his has got like face tracking. <laughs> <laughs> background effects it's nice so one one thing that i had uh forgotten or didn't even ever realize was that um armin uh, shimmerman who of course plays quark yeah. also plays one of the ferengi in this really uh, yeah he was the um huh. he was one of the uh one of the away team um, I, really? I, I should have his name here because I'm like doing a podcast about it, but of course I don't. So <laughs> that's so. fine. That's that's what sets our podcast <laughs> apart from the others: ignorance of the they're, subject matter. They are well, <laughs> you know, you know. I gotta say, we've had this discussion, yeah. um, Byron, uh, through email and stuff like that, and and I was thinking about it, and yeah, you know what? What Jan said is actually completely accurate. That I mean, I haven't. So, so, so just to I guess fill the listeners in, yeah. uh, all those listeners out mm -hmm. there, um, all ten of them. I posted, you know, I posted the fact that we're starting up this uh, TNG uh, podcast to a Reddit sub forum, you know, Reddit R slash TNG. So I guess shout out to them. Do yep. people still do shout outs? Or? They do. They do. Okay. Well, shout out to to subreddit r slash tng uh, and you know one of the questions one of the a bit of the feedback somebody asked me if what separates our podcast from two other podcasts that are fairly popular out there and do a fairly good job of it. and i'm and just like you mentioned in the past byron like i haven't really <laughs> listened to any other podcasts yeah. on tng or star trek because we don't want to kind of like be tainted, not tainted, that's not the right term, but we don't want to feel like we're like borrowing from them at all. Right. So it's hard to like determine what exactly separates us from other podcasts. But one of those things that I, I can only imagine it would be is the fact that we, we kind of like, I, I watched TNG in the 90s, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. so well over 15, 18 years ago. Yeah. And I imagine that's, with the exception of uh, Jan, who's been kind of dabbling with, uh, you know, well, not dabbling, but, you know, like with <laughs> the, uh, video good, edits and stuff like that. You, like, what I mean is, like, you haven't, like, sat and consistently watched each episode one after the other. You're kind of, right? I mean, yeah. In extent. fact, I also hadn't watched it for, like, five years until oh. recently, until, like, May 2015. So, so I think what we're doing is we're bringing a bit of fresh eyes right. to this. Mm -hmm. 
So uh, yeah. fresh eyes also could be you could replace that word with just ignorance, right? Just like <laughs> well, that's it. It's 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 still a good thing, you know. Like yeah, if we were because right now we live in a time where every single you know in the age of Netflix, every single piece of Star Trek ethos is 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 is, is made available, you know. Yeah, the TNG, the old the original show. Um, you know, Deep Space Nine, they're, they're all there. All the, I think all the movies are there, although I haven't searched to see if all the movies are there, but I'm pretty sure everything is up there. You can, you can <laughs> find it if it's not all on Netflix. It's somewhere. Right. It's on Netflix or it's on Hulu or you can buy it on YouTube or you can, you can steal it from the, the dark web. Right. So I think to the people that are just getting into TNG, we, we kind of we're right, right alongside them, you know, we're, we're yeah. working with them in, in this experience. And to the people that are already like deeply entrenched. I just to address also that question, if I, if I may, um, I, I agree with you that I, I think that, um, basically our ignorance is, is, is somewhat of a virtue in this case. Yeah. I think the other answer mm-hmm. is just like, if it, you know, it's not surprising that there's more than one star Trek, uh, right. podcast. <laughs> I think, um, there's probably mm. much more than the other two mentioned. There are probably hundreds. Uh, the, the, why does anybody ever listen to any podcast sort of becomes the question. And if mm. people enjoy listening to this, they'll listen. And if they don't, they won't. I think, right. um, as far as a gimmick is concerned, maybe we'll find one. We don't have one yet, but our ignorance mm. could be considered a gimmick, I suppose. <laughs> But it's kind of like saying, why should I watch this movie? I've already seen another movie. Right, right. Yeah, there are, yeah, there are a lot of movies. And also, like, I think there are a lot of people that have that might be interested in the Star Trek podcast that haven't started listening to one yet. And this, right. is, this is the one for them, I should, I can say, yeah. without a doubt, this is the yeah. one. Don't, don't listen to those other ones. Listen yeah, to this one. come on. But if I, you just tuned in, if you just turned on your podcast radio, don't change the channel. Yeah. Stay here. I'm, I'm sure they're all fantastic, uh, fantastic podcasts, but they're not ours. Right. Ours is unique. It has us. And exactly. By the way, getting all the way back to the other, uh, the the point that that started this, the uh, the character's name that uh, <laughs> I still don't actually have it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Let's see here. Maybe I can pull it up. Uh, I, I'm going to Armin Shimmerman's page. You're looking for uh, the uh, name of the Ferengi that Armin Shimmerman played in um, in this Bractor. Episode. Bractor. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see here. Could be uh, he went on to play Bractor, another Ferengi. Uh, so he went on to play another Ferengi, Bractor, in peak performance. Okay, so. Still not quite the Ferengi we're looking for, but we're getting closer. I, I just want to say to our audience, this is not a bit. We really don't know. <laughs> I don't think anybody thought it was this a n- bit. This is not scripted. <laughs> I wish, no, it, no, it is a bit, actually. I, I've known all along. <laughs> well, fortunately for us... Oh, wait, here we go. I got all the... Do you want the ca- the name of the cast that is like in this episode? Bit, all I want is... Yeah, the name the name of the character that Armin Shimmerman plays in this episode. Ledic. Ledic. Mm. A, a fine Ferengi name. Ledic. 
yeah. I, I actually read some in, some interesting trivia. So first of all, Armin Shimmerman, who who played Ledic in this episode, mm-hmm. has played three Ferengi total. Right. And um, he's made kind of a career out of playing Ferengi because, of course, he took the role of Quark. And one of the reasons he gave for taking the role of Quark was to, to quote, like, repair the damage he did in this episode. <laughs> um, but it's, it's funny because, it's, you know, he's one of these people who's clearly in a sci-fi show, but he's, like, really embraced the, the role he had, you know. So it's like it was important for him to, to um, you know, yeah. Play, play this play do do this uh these characters justice and also to be fair to star trek in general i think that they did do a better job with the ferengi later on particularly in in, in deep space nine um and mm-hmm. i i think a lot of the questions about the ferengi do ultimate that we we have here about them being being kind of ridiculous do actually sort of get uh sort of retroactively um answered do you think that the those the guys who play uh, Ferengi their whole life, or like for seven years, like that Zimmerman guy. Mm-hmm. You think that like somebody who loses their leg, who still has like a ghost leg feeling, that they have like ghost ear feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Probably. after seven years, he's quit uh, his contract with CBS, but he still at night like tries to grab his big ears, but they're not there. <laughs> yeah, and apparently the uh, the big Ferengi ears are like an erogenous zone too because mm. they like get, to get their ears rubbed yeah. so he probably really misses that that feeling of pleasure that that gave him the uh well rule 34 i guess exists out there mm-hmm. if something exists there's pornography around it so i'm sure there's quite a lot of ferengi style porn up yeah i recommend they... people google it i have it but <laughs> I, oh actually one more little tidbit about armin shimmerman is he he was also in an episode of seinfeld uh, Armin Shimmerman played the uh, the caddy in the episode of the caddy. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Now I remember yeah. what that was. I'll definitely have to watch Seinfeld once, sometime. Never watched it. <laughs> Never watched Seinfeld at all. No, I don't think that they ever showed it here. Uh, I... Maybe on the BBC or something, but maybe very late. I don't know. It's on Hulu now. I, I, would, I, I, I would recommend it. It's it's good. I I, I don't. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't start with the first season though. Mm-hmm. Maybe the third. All right. Nope, not on Netflix. Not on Netflix. It's on, it's on Hulu. Okay, there you go. There was a mm-hmm. highly publicized. Uh, I think they paid like uh, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars an episode or something like that. Mm. It's produced by Larry David, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, I like Larry David. He's very funny. It's in it's fact, got a lot of his uh, his humor in it. Yeah, curb your enthusiasm seems a lot like a Seinfeld episode that has a lot less restrictions on what they yeah. can say or do. So, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, the uh, particularly in the as the in the sort of mid to later seasons, the writing is really good. Like. The uh, mm-hmm. the episode structures are very very sophisticated. They have, they have all these interweaving um, storylines that that always tend to meet at the end. Um, mm-hmm. And they didn't 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 necessarily start like that, but it sort of over time developed and it got very uh, very clever. Mm-hmm. I would suggest okay. doing a. Uh, I'll a, check it out. I would suggest we could do a, a Seinfeld podcast, but there's already a, a good Sein, Seinfeld podcast called. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we can't have more than one. Yeah, well, I, 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 I actually happened to listen to that one, so it would, it would feel like plagiarism to me. <laughs> but it's, uh, geez, what's it called? It's Rob Sestrini, though. 
right of post show recaps. So I did a little bit of research on the Takan Empire. If you guys want to hear a little bit about that, please. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Takan Empire apparently was the dominant uh, empire in the Alpha uh, Quadrant. You know, about six hundred thousand years prior to humanity's discovery of you know space travel and whatnot. But basically, the Takan Empire was highly advanced, uh, and they their their son was about to go supernova and they planned on swapping out their dying son with a fresh son using portal technology you know uh transporter technology like they had they were very advanced solar collectors they got wiped out uh, right and the reason they got wiped out was they had the so q our friend q um, had allowed this being called Zero into our universe. And they, you know, against kind of the recommendations of the other Q and against uh, against uh, this one being called the Guardian, which kind of keeps, uh, you know, our dimension strictly to our dimension. Right. So the Q mm-hmm. took took this guy Zero out on a tour of the entire universe, and um, the idea for the Q to start testing uh, lesser cultures or, or lesser, you know, in respect to the Q, I guess, um, actually came from Zero. So, you know, Q's actions up to this point is kind of a learned trait from this guy Zero. The only problem is Zero was a lot worse about it because where Q would allow, you know, uh, the lesser race to potentially succeed and right. like prove him wrong. Uh-huh. Zero, if at the last minute you're proving him wrong, he just kind of blows up your place. You know, he, he messes you up. So, so he encouraged Q to test the Takan Empire or he tested the Takan Empire creating this huge galactic civil war between the people that were trying to replace the sun versus these outer colonies, which I guess uh, they the, the members of uh, TNG kind of stumble upon. Right. Mm-hmm. And they kind of get along at the very end, and they're just about ready to replace it when, you know, Zero throws a, a wrench in the works, and and it doesn't work, and then, you know, the, the star goes supernova. Now, right. I don't have an answer as to why one star going supernova in a galactically large uh <laughs> empire yeah, yeah that didn't that didn't make any sense and yeah. it still doesn't <laughs> yeah that, that's the part <laughs> that i said ruins, I it ruins the entire understand. story i mean it it we, that's more explanation than we got in this episode of course but they seem to all just kind of take it like oh yeah the sun went supernova so that's a civilization like if our if our sun went supernova did with the federation collapse it doesn't make any sense yeah i mean earth is nice you know but we've already discovered that there's hundreds and thousands and millions of planets out there that we could terraform or adapt or live on um so (laughs) i don't think our entire society would collapse if earth collapsed you know we we, we, it would suck definitely (laughs) so um a few more stray observations from the episode uh 
when when <laughs> when Porter left Portal sixty three, he was like, "I'm gonna disappear until I'm needed again." Was he needed here? <laughs> Is that what he was implying? Because <laughs> I don't I don't think he was I don't think he was needed. I think he just caused trouble. Well, maybe maybe he was. I mean, he was. If it, it's possible that had he not messed with their power, the Ferengi would have turned and continued firing. You know, even if it was unsuccessfully turned and fired upon the Federation ship, I, and that could have caused much worse relations like a, with, like the with the Ferengi from there on out. Yeah, I guess <laughs> maybe that would have been a bigger deal if they turned out to not be a, like a joke uh, yeah. race. Um, a few other things: the uh, the finger traps. Uh, what was that? Why were they put in this episode? Like they didn't seem to thematically fit with anything else, and it yeah. seemed like the first one was like, I guess Dato found it because those kids were playing in the uh, in the conference room. Yeah, but then, but then Riker said, like, let's send a box of the finger traps over to them right. of Data's finger traps. It's like, <laughs> well, they can send a box of anything. They got uh, replicators, you know. Well, I'm saying, yeah. why did why did Data have a box of them? I don't know. <laughs> did, 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 did Data get like a, like a joke catalog from the 1950s? And like, <laughs> let's order these. He probably has some fart cushions lying around as well. Three D glass. Uh, wait, no, it's uh, X ray glasses. I can see through ladies' clothes with these. <laughs> they don't work. Um, another thing. Uh, did you guys notice when they were on the planet? Data's like climbing out a crystal. Uh, when he hops off, it kind of wobbles and uh, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't look it doesn't look real. Um, there's a scene where Worf's hair was just really out of control. I thought that was worth mentioning, <laughs> even though you can't see it. I'll put that. I'll put that um, in the uh, in the the cover image for this episode, maybe if I can find it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that Picard's uh, Picard says to Worf, uh, "Well done, uh, Mr. Worf," or something like that uh, at the end of the episode. Even though Worf didn't really do anything. <laughs> Worf did nothing. Good job, Mr. Worf. It, well, Worf did tackle those two Ferengi. At one point, oh, yeah. okay. I think uh, that was his only his only contribution, though. Mm. There was another odd scene um, where when they were talking about maybe uh, euthanizing Wesley, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, just in case, it, it would have been. No, that would have made a great episode <laughs> if they're like, listen, it would be, it would, it would be more, you know. Uh, Humane, if we just put him out of his misery now, then <laughs> the power comes he's, back he's on. A, he's a sensitive boy; he can't handle the. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Crusher's uh, Picard's like, uh, he has the right to be death awake, and Crusher's <laughs> like, is that a male perspective? And he's just like rubbish. Like, what was that? <laughs> like, is he an anti-feminist or something? I, I, I don't see why facing death is specifically man. Is that is that a thing that we do? Do we do we like want to die awake? Because I don't. Yeah, I'd I'd rather uh, die. Am I less of a man? Well, <laughs> clearly, clearly. Uh, but yeah, I'd like to die uh, peacefully in my sleep. Or yeah, mm-hmm. uh, or like in a, some kind of like um, you know cake factory accident 
<laughs> so uh, I, I hate to go back to it, but the the Ferengi dildo whips. Right, yes. It seems a little bit more work than necessary to shoot a laser, right? Like, Well, we don't know how the technology works because whips create like a little sonic boom. So maybe that maybe <laughs> it's like, you know how like the sonic boom is a result of the, the tip of the whip breaking right. the sound barrier. Maybe these whips <laughs> go so fast that they break the light barrier and form a small laser. They reverse beam. aging? Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, I don't know. It's it's a it's it. I think it's. I mean, we don't know how Ferengi technology works. Little mini time bubble. You know what it could be is that there's a um, a design um, aesthetic, and I forget what it's called. I think it's like <laughs> uh, morphism or something like that, where you design things, even when they when even when things advance, you design them to look like the old thing to make it more familiar. Right. So like. Like the save icon is still a floppy disk, even though mm-hmm. people don't use floppy mm-hmm. disks anymore. So it's yeah. probably something like that where Ferengi were really into whips. Probably they had like a lot of slaves and stuff. Um, well, they keep their <laughs> women in the nude. I yeah. Guess. It's... So like whips yeah, that's were a, like really that's an interesting into... point. Because yeah. like phasers, uh, you know, sort of still look like guns, but they don't really mm-hmm. have to. I mean, they could look like anything. It could just be a cube yeah. or like just, uh, you know, like a brass knuckles or something, you know, that shoots a laser mm-hmm. out of it. But it's... <laughs> so I found uh, two in, two things interesting about this uh, episode. Um, the first was the scene where uh, Card kind of brings them all in, brings like everybody into like a board meeting and starts like asking their opinion about what they should do. Like that. <laughs> I don't think that's I don't think that ever happens again like I mean like they've had like their little small councils before but nothing where it's just like he grabs a group of people and brings them in and starts pulling them about what you know what their <laughs> the best options would be yeah. it seems it seems a little bit less uh, decis- decisive than he is in the later episodes mm-hmm. um, and as usual uh, Troy senses nothing yeah very useful <laughs> I feel like there are more there are more episodes where she senses nothing than where she does sense something. Well, it's it's sort of I actually like... just watched the uh, the loss. Do you remember that episode where she loses her power? No. There's a there's a funny line where she says they're also in the board meeting room and she says to them, "You are all blank to me." Uh, <laughs> I felt like it was like they they put the word blank in the script like uh, fill this in later, but she just read it literally like that. They're nice. all blank to me. It's like it's sort of like her powers are, like if they could probably you could find a way to write it so that they solve every problem they have. So they have to kind of like, mm. don't worry, they don't work in this one. <laughs> Why do they not work in this one? Is it because of that uh, guardian? I think the Ferengi. I thought the Ferengi have like that lobe that kind of. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, that was that's what they that was what they claimed. They never revisited it after they discovered the uh, the other issue. So um, it's kind of like oh, no, I don't want to bring that up again. But <laughs> almost a very similar creature in Star the Star Wars mythos has that same uh, that same uh, resistance to mind manipulation. Yeah, it also has guy. that large nose. Yeah, big he's, ear. he's very similar to the Ferengi. He's like a businessman. He also looks kind of like Alf. 
Yes. <laughs> yes. Flying through Alf. Um, so, another. Couple, sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, go. You go. I was just going to say uh, Picard says Merit in this episode. I heard that, yeah. Really? Yeah. After, when is that? After the Enterprise fails to break out of the force field. That's what, that, right after Geordi's uh, plan goes wrong. And by the way, after Ge- I really like the scene after Geordi. Uh, Riker, sorry, it was Riker's plan. But Riker made this plan to sort of like try to go into warp, mm-hmm. warp uh, to, to like beat the timing of the force field. And, and Geordi's like gets really into it and starts like jive talking and like bouncing around. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Wahoo. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> I don't like I. I thought it, I thought it was I thought it was a good good moment. I I'm not I'm not being ironic or anything. Um, so we're, we've been going for now. We should probably wrap this up, guys. Um, All right. But if, do you do you, do do either of you have any sort of uh, final words or any? Is there anything we missed about this oh. episode that that is really worth sort of uh, hammering home? Um, I guess. I don't know if it's worth it or not. I guess I can't determine that. But in the universe, gold still seems to be important. Right. Which is crazy to me. Like, it's, it's, so like the Ferengi are like very surprised that they have gold on, as they're on their little like communicators. But it's like in, in the galaxy, there's like planets made of diamonds. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) And also they have replicators. I mean, they can yeah. just make as much as they want, right? Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe not gold. I don't know how replicators really work. Yeah, Some no. of the style choices I found interesting, like the Ferengi still wear fur and stuff like that. You know, like, <laughs> it's, it was probably yeah. faux fur. Like, why? Why couldn't they have faux fur? We've had it for you know millennia at this point, probably. So. I mean, it might have been faux fur, but they I got... mean, stylistically, they chose to still be garbed in animal mm-hmm. fur. You know what I mean? That's. Mm-hmm. Okay. They probably got it at like Forever Twenty One, <laughs> but like maybe it's uh, maybe it's Elf for <laughs> Mel Mackey. Looks like that. Yeah, the, they they wear the fur, but like their belts and their sleeves are all got like these bedazzled glittery things on them. So it's like it's like they're, they're mixing fur with it's it's like a it it kind of actually looks like my daughter's bedroom. <laughs> Like, like zebra prints and like sparkles. <laughs> yeah, like like a Forever Twenty One style. This is probably a reference that's going to go over Jan's head. Do you have Forever Twenty One there? Uh, not that I know of. No. Claire's. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, dude. Right, we have uh, we have Eastern Bloc cars driving around. So <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, Jan, do you have any uh, any final thoughts? Uh, let me just say, I watched this episode at uh, double speed. Yeah. That, that says it all. I th- I actually thought it was a pretty good episode. I thought it was okay. I, I, I think... thought the, the Ferengi were, were pretty stupid, but they didn't have to be. It was just, uh, it felt like bad yeah. acting. I think the... It's kind of the same problem as the previous episode, that for some reason they translated the script into something really ridiculous. Right. And it made it worse. I think if they built... I know it's impossible to do in a single episode, but like building on like the story of that surrounds it would have been fantastic. Like learning more about, like I learned more about the Takan, you know, empire through just like 
you know, searching memory alpha and a bunch of other websites and wiki and stuff like that. It's like a lot of that stuff is great. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's interesting. A little yeah. bit more development in, you know, even a smidgen more develop. Like maybe take out a scene where Jordy is trying to explain toothbrushing, you know, teeth brushing to data or something, you know, and, yeah. and throw that one back in there. It'd be good. Yeah. I think yeah. it's just too, too, much, too, much, too much of the episode just still relied on these, just this very basic thing of, oh, these guys are different from us. And that makes <laughs> them sort of humorous or scary or dangerous or something. And it's sort of like if they had just been had a little bit more sort of refinement to them, it would have been yeah. very different and I mean, a lot better. Just the way they're, the way they're physically acting. If you, if you just imagine some other starter graces acting like, like those guys from, uh, code of honor if they're also moving around like yeah. that or or just like the Falcons if they typically just move around like that <laughs> just like make, everybody would just make everybody just hunched and like <laughs> that was supposed to be the science team by the way I don't know if you guys caught that yeah <laughs> <laughs> it didn't seem very scientific although they did actually use uh some science to get out of this like uh, I think it was like yar um shit <laughs> I had this I had this uh observation lined up about how they use science but now I, I don't actually remember what it was i think uh, they they when they start firing phasers and they, they start disappearing into the into the uh into the crystals they yeah. start like coming up with you know i guess they use a little bit of scientific <laughs> observation yeah that's it. what i was remembering it's like oh we we've learned something from prior observation and we're going to apply that science that that to solve this problem in the future anyway science science saved the day science <laughs> All right. Oh, there was uh, sorry. There was one actually. One last thing I want to talk about. It was a very sad when <laughs> Riker beamed down to the planet. It was all alone, and he was shouting. He was shouting for his shipmates, and nobody would answer. And he was, mm -hmm. Ultimately, he just. Well, I, actually, I'll play the clip. Anybody. <laughs> So, you got to use that scene where he's standing on the edge of the cliff, staring out into like a, <laughs> that was the in, scene. In, he was just like, he couldn't find anybody. Oh yeah. 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 In the, in the, uh, in like the image thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was very sad. I just felt really bad for the guy. So it's like a scene life. from 1776. <laughs> he was also really into that. The Yankee traders. He's like, Ooh, this seems like, seems like my kind of guys. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. All right, so, so I hope cool. our audience buys that uh, hair removal product. What was the name again? Uh, I didn't let sponsor? it play for long enough. I could try to find it again. It was it was like on memory alpha, and it just started playing by itself. Yeah, uh, yeah, I had that at work once. I was uh, during the break. I was uh, checking memory alpha, and uh, something very loud started to play. Yeah. It doesn't happen a lot anymore these it's, days it's, on websites. It's a neg negative plug for memory. I've, alpha. I've got so, ad block. Plus on, so that kind of like prevents that stuff from randomly playing off. That thing never works. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm smart enough to set it up right. Uh, do you guys have, uh, I guess, before we go, should we do like the whole plugs thing? Oh, yeah, please. Yeah. I don't really have anything to plug uh, this time. So there you go. <laughs> All right. That was quick. Uh, Byron? Uh, yeah. Um, I'm. The uh, Go Nerdy, I guess, is uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna be posting all these uh, 
if you, I mean, if Byron doesn't mind, I'll also be cross-posting all these uh, podcasts to Go Nerdy, um, where you can see all the other different failed attempts at uh, projects that I've had. Sounds so, good. Go. And oh, when when are you going to uh, put this one online? Uh, probably today. Okay. In that case, uh, if you're in France, watch uh, Canal Plus on Monday because they'll be showing Tea with Jean-Luc at some right. point. Is it on like a uh, specific uh, show? Uh, yeah, it's called uh, L'Oeil de Lynx. L'Oeil de Lynx. Oui. Okay. Yeah, you should uh, uh, tweet Monday. that out to your, uh, your listeners too. Your, yeah, uh, your subscribers. Mm -hmm. There's a, sh a movie that we should probably, maybe the three of us, check out at some point called Chaos on the Bridge. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's I on Netflix. Maybe uh, we should, about that. I will watch it. Maybe we should dedicate an episode or a podcast mm -hmm. to that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, follow. Uh, I posted another ALF podcast recently, which is on the same thing so it's if anybody's finding this they're finding that too uh and follow me on twitter at virobot oh and uh actually a plug for the uh the itunes channel which i set up all right um, oh we're we're on we're, we're on yeah it's on itunes I, you know yeah. I, I couldn't figure out a way to get like a better itunes link like itunes.com slash viropod that, that doesn't exist but um I'll put a link in the uh, description of this episode, and if you search, okay. mm -hmm. if so now we can be downloaded as a podcast. Yes, like if you are we part of uh, the are we par are part of the Biropod family or yeah, it's are all we mixed. It's all mixed together. I, there okay. aren't there aren't quite enough episodes yet for it to be sort of like separate streams, but um, you can, if you mm -hmm. search for Biropod on iTunes, if you have the uh, the app. Um, you mm -hmm. can you can download the uh, the streams. That works for me. And uh, great. All right, well, uh, guys, thanks a lot. This has been a lot of fun. And um, next episode is. Oh, sorry, it, I, I think I it's. That's uh, a big mystery. <laughs> no, it's it's <laughs> the it's the tagline, like from um, the tagline well, to yeah, boldly it's, go. It's, it's uh, let's see, like where no man has gone before, or something. So it's, it's a split infinitive to boldly go. Should where be, no man has gone before should be to to go boldly, because to go <laughs> should not be split up like that. So where no man has gone before, plenty of ladies, but no gents. Got it. All right, guys. All right. See you. Talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye. Um, I'm stopping.